It's time for another movie mastery in theaters now, a special horror Toberfest spooktacular edition. Wait, is it? I mean, technically, Venom is. I mean, hey, we're doing Venom. Uh, Venom's kind of horror adjacent. I mean, I guess there's the one he was created by Todd McFarland and some other guy, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I forget who the other guy was. I apologize, other guy. Sorry, other guy. I only remember the spawn guy. You didn't guy. make stupid action figures, so I don't remember you. Yeah, I don't remember pouring over a bunch of circus variations on Spawn and Violator in, like, a Sam Goody in 1996. Yeah, so oops-a-daisies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm John. That over there is Jeff. We are your hosts. This is the podcast where we watch the movies you recommend, and this month you voted in to see Venom. Uh, I only included Venom because, as I say, it is horror-adjacent. We were trying to keep it to horror-ish things for October. Fair enough. I I feel like that horror superhero movie is a coming, but it keep Well, I mean, we know that because they're, they're making that New Mutants and it keeps getting pushed back. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if we'll ever actually see that now. I really hope so because, honestly, Venom could have been that movie. Yeah. Venom very easily could have been the first horror superhero movie. Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of body horror elements to it, so it could get away with that and be fine. Yeah, I mean, you really could have played that up, but they definitely didn't. No, no, it's very fun. It's very Venom honking the horn of a large truck rather than Venom leaves blood splatters all over the pavement. Oh, yeah. I mean, this feels like Sony decided they're like, all right, let's get aboard that Marvel train as hard as we possibly can. And the takeaway from it was... All of our superhero properties should be, like, fun and funny and have a good time with it. And you're like, okay, uh, like, maybe don't take yourself super seriously, but this is Venom. You shouldn't be like, Venom runs around going like, hey, that's right, I'm telling jokes, it's me, Venom, a hoopa doopa doo. Hey, but Deadpool's so hot right now. Yeah, but Deadpool was a hard R, and if they had made Venom a hard R it would have actually worked way better as well. I don't know that that was necessarily the thing that was wrong with it, but I think that's something that you and I can talk about. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. I mean, before we get into the full spoiler review, mm-hmm. because we will once we play a little music, so anyone who, you know, wants to go see the movie and hasn't yet, but is listening to this, like, I don't know, maybe one of you, we'll do that for you. Yeah, My sure. non-spoiler review, uh, in case you want to know what we think of it, is... It was all it was, right. It was, kind of, it was watchable. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. There were things I actually liked. Uh, I was a little worried that it was going to be one of those dark, edgy movies where, where the, the director described it as grounded a thousand times. Yeah. And it was not that, so that's that's good to see. No, um, what it was was much more like a just a weird, shitty buddy cop. Yeah, I guess so. Kind of a two guys are a buddy cop adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I So so yeah, it's it's worth seeing and, and it might even be worth seeing in theaters. Uh I I wasn't particularly amazed by it and honestly I was kind of secretly hoping it would fail. Uh most, really? Why was that? Uh because if Just it, so that Spider Man would entirely go over to Marvel or a little bit, but also to stop the advancing uh, rise of that Jared Leto Morbius of the Vampire movie that's oh coming. Oh my god. So I mean I've, you know, I've got opinions on that. I've got opinions on so many things. <laughs> That's If this movie had tanked completely, we may never have had to watch Jared Leto vamp around as a vampire. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Again, it's the same I thing like the 
like the mummy tanking means we were saved from all that universal monster cinematic universe oh man i want that picture they took of what the universe was like the actors that were going to be in it framed on my wall (laughs) (laughs) oh look it's russell crowe and johnny depp and they're sitting in nice chairs all in suits oh good for them yeah i think benicio del toro was there i forget who all was there i don't know yeah but it, but they were so ready to go. They were they were ready to get it going. Yeah. Man, Universal is not willing to let go of that monster thing at all. Well, they haven't got anything else to do. I mean, that, I think they also make the Godzilla stuff, right? I don't know. And they technically own the the solo marketing distribution rights to the Hulk. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's an extremely complicated set of leaks. I mean, they could Marvel could make all the Hulk movies they want. They don't because the distribution rights, not the the money intake, a little bit of the money intake will go to Universal and they don't want Universal controlling their ad content. Yeah. So, anyhow, uh sorry about that. Anyway, watchable, Venom, watchable. Yeah. It's it's meh. It's not terrible. It's probably much better than you thought it was going to be. There were a lot of actors in there that I was really happy to see, and the streak of Tom Hardy just doing the weirdest accent he thinks he can get away with. Uh, God damn it, Tom Hardy. Is is amusing to me. I, yeah, God damn it, Tom Hardy, except I love it. <laughs> I mean, it it is definitely a wry smile, God damn it, Tom Hardy. He sounds like the skinny demon from Disney Hercu- Disney's Hercules in this. The skinny demon. Well, maybe the fat one. Yeah, he sounds more like the fat demon. The one who sounds like Bobcat Goldthwait, but isn't. <laughs> but is got Bobcat Goldthwait. Is he? Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. He kind of has Bobcat Goldthwait going on throughout this he's movie. He's got a little Bobcat in his yeah, throat. Yeah, there's a little Bobcat. <laughs> and then he spits it out, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his voice is fucking crazy. Uh, all right. We're going to do some music. We're going to have a full spoilerific review of this movie when we get back. So stay tuned for our opinions on Venom. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. I mean, but seriously, though, what's to even spoil? He fights another Venom and wins and then decides to stay Venom. The end. What If you didn't predict that this movie went exactly the way it was going to, then I feel sorry for you, son. I mean, I think the big spoiler in this movie is there is nothing that you see when he whenever he because he eats people. Oh, yeah, he sure. eats several people and you see none of it. No, you see you see like the close up shot of a head about to be bitten off. And then he goes like, I just ate a head. Yeah, it's. I mean, I know we have argued about this. We haven't really often. argued about the hard R versus... We've, we've established that we have differences, but we haven't actually hashed them out. Okay, uh, so I am strictly on hard R team. I was going for... Especially because I wanted them to lean into the horror of it. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a hard R, like, actual fucked up body horror type thing. I... Here's the thing. I'm very much uh, an avid consumer of of uh, superhero movie insider information. Like uh-huh. I love just going on websites and reading about it. So one thing I learned about a week ago is that the director of the Craven movie that's currently in development uh-huh. is a hundred percent sure that he's going to get Spider Man for a fight scene. Huh. Like he is completely sure that he's going to be able to get Spider Man for a fight scene. I think that Sony hears that on the wind and knows the same things that he does. And they won't risk doing a Deadpool style movie because if they do, then they can't have Spider Man. So I'm pretty sure that we got the best we possibly could. Now, I don't dis- I don't completely disagree with you that Venom 
could do a hard R movie, but he was not initially created as a hard R character. And he, I mean, I know that he's supposed to be all body horror and so on, but he was created for 12 and 13 year olds. He was created to move t-shirts to tweens and he's been doing that for 30 years. So the idea to make him more adult now is the same idea that people seem to have to make the Joker more adult now, where I'm like, eh, that's just because you grew up, not because the character did. See, Venom has always been the much darker version of things, though. I mean, obviously, you had McFarlane have his grubby little hands in there. Yeah, but McFarlane is straight up a PG-13 kind of guy. Like, Spawn's never been as gross as he could be. Ah. Like, uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that the movie couldn't be hard R and be good, but even Carnage, even the, the grossest, murderiest Marvel character, the worst you'll ever see is some blood on the wall behind him. You never see anything actually happen. Well, no, but that's, you know, Marvel needs to sell comics. That's true, and these guys need to sell movies. I just, I mean, the thing is, all I'm saying is that these characters have been around for forever. They've never been that hard R thing that people seem to think they have been, and I don't see why we should start now. Because I think in the medium, it's different. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with a comic book medium, and it's the bright colors and superheroes and everything like that, you can have a bit more of that, you know, like... Venom says he's going to eat your brains, but mostly he just punches Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a thing you can do in that universe. Mm -hmm. When you're doing a standalone Venom movie, especially when you actually lean into, he straight up literally bites people's heads off and eats people, and then you're like, oh, but where's any evidence of that? Like, what happened with it? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Where'd the head even go? Yeah, it just, (laughs) it ends up being sort of jarring because if they didn't lean into it, if they just went, oh, no, we want to make the actual comic book Venom where it's, what is this? I'm an edgy hero. Yeah, but the thing is, that's the only Venom. That's the only Venom there's ever been. Oh, no. There's standalone Venom comics as well as standalone Carnage where they get real nasty okay, and, that's fair. and hard R. That, that's fair. I, I'm willing to capitulate to that. But to me, I think the move to make these characters hard R is the same kind of problem that that like I, w- I was already bringing up the joker as a point where if you think back to the joker of your childhood he was running around trying to turn people into smiley guys with like magic fish or he was trying to steal the largest clown shoe in town or something he was a goofy character but- yeah but that was still murdering people and they had like a crazy rictus fucking grin on their face yeah i know but he had a sense of humor about it the modern joker takes are always like what are you i'm a murder dude and i wear purple and green and my, my skin's kind of white okay but do you do any jokes do you do any do you laugh at anything do you no why would I do that? That's that's so fucking gay. That's for little kids. <laughs> Sorry, I, I apologize for the use of the pejorative. I was sitting in front of some weird motherfuckers for this movie. Oh, wow. Okay, we're going to get into that. But yeah. first, I'm going to say, I'm not one of those people that, like, when Logan or Deadpool came out, where I was advocating, like, oh, finally, now is the era of rated R comic book movies. Let's move everything over to being true adults. And I have the same complaints about Joker that you do. Sure, sure. Like... The point of Joker being scary isn't that he kills people, it's that he's this weird, gleefully malicious guy yeah. that does dumb jokes that murder you. Yeah, and and his rules are entirely his own, and he's completely unpredictable. Those are the parts of the Joker that's great. Uh, I, honestly, as much as people uh, kind of sanctify the Heath Ledger performance, I think it was kind of the beginning of the fall. Because well, he's I mean, just a mastermind was, in that. Yeah, that was, honestly, I'm going to say, the Nolan Batman stuff, for as much as people want to jerk it off, I'm like... Man, you fucked up comic book movies for a while. He did. And as good as Heath Ledger's performance is, the story of the Joker in that movie is a problem. Yeah. Because he's not the Joker except for the one or two little bits that are that are fun gags. Most of it's just him being a psycho killer. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Qu'est-ce que... Yeah. <laughs> a pa-pa-pa-fa-fa-fa-fa-fa-fa or whatever. 
far better. I started there at the beginning at, at, at Papa pa, pa as if I was going to do like that he's the little drummer boy. Ah, Papa Pa, Papa pa, 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 Poker Face. Papa Pa, pa, pa Rum Pa Pum Pum. Uh, but no, I think Venom is one of the ones where you could, especially given how removed mm-hmm. from Spider-Man it was. Yeah. It was one of the ones that I feel like you had to go one or the other, and they tried to walk the line yeah. and failed. Yeah, I mean, okay, uh, I, I can agree with that. I would not have minded seeing a hard R Venom movie. It wouldn't have bothered me in the slightest. But I can also see the winds of these people making their multi-movie uh, projects and the fact that there's already a, 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 a Silver Sable movie, a Black Cat movie, uh, a, a Craven, and a, and a Morbius the Vampire movie in development, which tells me that this is not a standalone Venom movie. It's the first salvo of a wave of movies. They, they won't make one hard R and then have to try and integrate it to the others later. Eh. I know, I know. I'm just saying it's not going to happen. Oh, I know. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it isn't going to happen. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing like I would love to see a good Fantastic Four movie, and it's never going to happen, and oh, I it, know that. It might now, now that Marvel has those rights again. Eh, you never know. They, they could potentially, they're the ones who would be willing to do something weird, like set the movie in the 60s. Yeah. Just uh, give me that, have them go on a weird adventure, and then time skip forward. That's fine. They also, because they they have the, the time to establish, that the universe is already established, they might actually do the thing where they don't connect Doctor Doom's origin story to everyone else's, as if he's a fucking fifth Fantastic Four. Yeah, which is the single worst thing that they have done with every single version of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Is making them the other Fantastic Four guy. Yeah. I'm like, don't do that. So, I don't know. Anyway, we should probably talk about the Venom movie, like, in particular at some point. <sighs> well, Although, I do find this to be a fascinating debate, because not, neither of us is, like, vehemently Venom about this yeah neither of us is vehemently no it's, <laughs> it's good that we can come together and both be really carne carnagenial about this whole thing <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke you're a laugh riot <laughs> oh no i can't remember any other ones oh uh, no uh, anti-venom the, the, the yellow one <laughs> the only other one i can remember is anti-venom and, and anti-venom is just fucking venom, worst right? oh <laughs> yeah no one's a- agent vehemous about this <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's different because it's Flash Thompson. It's different. <laughs> it's uh, there's also a, a green one and a yellow one, I, I believe. I well, remember- there was there was a uh, attack of the symbiotes where you had like seven different dudes running around at some point. Especially good Super Nintendo beat 'em up game as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, the red cartridge. <laughs> oh, the red cartridge. Hell. I never bought it, but yeah. boy, did I rent it. I'm trying to remember if that was the one that had the digitized green jello music in it, or if I'm thinking of something else. I think you're thinking of something else, but that was the Maximum Carnage game, and it was great. Okay. So, Venom opens in space. Yeah, just like me. Mm-hmm. I open in space. I don't My know. butthole. I open it in space. <laughs> this is labored and it hurts. <laughs> okay, wait, but no, wait, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, that's right, John. Your butt does open in space. Yes, and. <laughs> uh, Which is weird because we're standing in an ice cream parlor, and why are we discussing this? <laughs> I don't know, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> What's an ice cream parlor? I'd like to free the slaves. <laughs> yes, and I would like to... Also, slave the Freeman. <laughs> I forgot to mention this ice cream parlor is on Arrakis. <laughs> yes, and I, the anti-Lincoln. <laughs> oh no, anti-Lincoln. I'm nega Lincoln. <laughs> We're friends. We go out to ice cream together regularly. Yeah, but if we ever touch, we explode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame, because we long for the secret embrace. Oh yeah, we're 100% a game of star-crossed in action. <laughs> movie opens in space (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. So, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> the movie has a spaceship, mm-hmm. and it's in space, and it's coming to Earth. And boy, howdy, are people on there all spookified. Well, yeah, at the, at the beginning, they're all fine. They're just going to fly in, and they're getting ready to do their landing on, on Earth. And we pan past some vials of toxic goo. They're really big, too. Really big vials of toxic yeah, goo. Big old goo vials. Yeah, big goose goonisters. <laughs> and, uh... Ah, yes, the goonisters. <laughs> <laughs> the floor recognizes the, the uh, honored goonister in black. <laughs> <laughs> you know, goonisters are good enough. <laughs> They're just goons with powdered wigs on. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, so, immediately upon entering orbit, the... Ship like flips out and something goes wrong in it, and the windows all burst, and the whole thing catches on fire, and it's bad. Yeah, the uh, we get a whole lot of business from inside the uh, the spaceship as they are yelling to like mission control that some shit's fucked up. Yeah, and we cut to mission control and are introduced to the movie's villain. Uh, I forget the character, uh, Carlton something or other. Uh, uh, evil Elon Musk. Uh, yeah, evil Elon Musk. Uh, I forget his act. It's Carlton Banks. I want to say. Wait, no, is that that's, is that just the character from uh <laughs> That's Fresh Prince of, of Bel Air, yeah. Okay, so Yeah. So, yeah, so the, Carl- evil, the evil character, the villain of this film, Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and he needs to be stopped by Venom and DJ Jazzy J. It's really dramatic near the end of the movie where he reveals that he actually can play pool. <laughs> that is a that is a good deep cut to an episode of Fresh Prince. Thank you. Uh, oh, fetch me Lucille. <laughs> Welcome to the Fresh Prince podcast, <laughs> where we know a lot about that episode of French Press. French, French Prince. Press. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me in the ass. <laughs> I know a lot about one French press. The French press. <laughs> oh, God, that is some BBC level television right there. Oh, goodness. What's happening to me? <laughs> Why am I spoonerizing so hard? <laughs> French press. That's going to follow me till the end of my it's days. It's not even quite French press. <laughs> no. Instead, it just sounds like I'm describing a prissy French person. Exactly. Like, like, what's his name on the Hero Academia show? Aoyama or whatever? That's that's about right. That's yeah, who that is. That's what you got there. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant. But no, the villain is Carlton from uh, from French pr- Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Fresh Prince. I can't <laughs> say Prince. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I can't just say Prince. It's Riz Ahmed, and his real name is something else. Oh, good lord. He's a fine actor. I have enjoyed him in a number of movies. Okay. Carlton Drake. That is his name. Mm-hmm. Carlton Drake. I'm sorry. Carlton Drake and Josh. <laughs> the sweet life of Carlton and Drake and Cody. <laughs> anyway, uh, Carlton is observing, but he's he's angry. Uh, we, we established immediately that he's basically evil Elon Musk. Yeah. For, for all the business, he's evil Elon Musk. That's basically, all this movie is, is Venom fights evil Elon Musk, and then eventually evil Elon Musk gets his own Venom. I mean, let's be clear here, he fights even eviler Elon Musk. Yeah, well, that's also true. <laughs> yeah, because I'm pretty sure somewhere out there is an apathetic Elon Musk. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Good pull. Ha! Run and Stimpy jokes. Okay, yeah. so, moving forward, the ship crashes on Borneo. Yes. In Borneo. Uh, which is amazingly lucky coincidence. They must have aimed for Borneo at the last second, because Borneo's a little tiny dot in a vast ocean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the ship crashes on Borneo. Maybe that was the, one of the symbiotes doing that. Who knows? But uh, they send recovery teams out to get the ship, and almost everyone's dead, but one person somehow evaded the crash and is fine. He's just on fire. Yeah, he's just on fire. He's just on fire. And he's not just anyone. He's Jameson. That's right. There's a good little Easter egg business in this movie, uh, they say that uh, Jameson is the only one who survived, and if you know about the comic books, you know that 
good old J. Jonah Jameson's son, John Jameson, mm-hmm. is an astronaut. Yeah, John Judah Jameson. And uh, he, in the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s, is also the one who brought back the Venom symbiote. Is that the only time that's happened otherwise? I thought that was part of the original. Oh, no. no the original he, Venom storyline is that he's just the a... Secret Wars. Yeah, he's just in Secret Wars. He's just in like an evil costume dispenser that Spider-Man finds. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's <laughs> not an evil costume dispenser. Thor gets a new costume and it doesn't turn evil. <laughs> we don't know that yet. It could just be... <laughs> <laughs> They're playing the long game! <laughs> just you wait. Sure, that comic came out in like 1971, but that doesn't mean they're not setting it up <laughs> look at the clues maybe he just got an apathetic costume oh yeah <laughs> there were two costumes in the machine the evil costume and the apathetic yeah costume. and then you've got carnage and, and venom the evil venom and the even eviler venom <laughs> and, so yeah it's a little fun reference to the uh, the fact that jameson's son is normally an astronaut and because he's even an astronaut in those old uh, uh sam raimi spider-man movies yeah uh, but and in the Spider-Man video game, we get mention of him being uh, an astronaut. Yeah, so that's a regular continuity thing. Uh, but he survives. They load him after they put out the fire that he's on. They, they load him into an ambulance, and it, it starts driving away. And then it turns out that he's got an evil symbiote in him. And th- we've already established at this point that three of the four symbiotes are fine, and the other one is missing. Yeah, they don't know what happened to the other one. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's just in Jameson. Yeah, uh, it. We don't really see what happens, but it basically, like, flips the truck and fucks everything up. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, ambulance driver. not I don't know if it's the driver or the person who was in the back. Someone who was in the ambulance who isn't Jameson comes walking out, and it's very clear that she now has the symbiote in her. Yeah, she has, like, a fucked up broken leg and everything, and then as she's walking, you can see it, like, right itself and heal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fairly cool-looking scene. Yeah, so... We established that uh, the other three symbiotes are still in their containment units, and so they are they are trucked back towards the uh, setting for the most of the movie, which is San Francisco. Yes, and we get uh, Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock is so in an attempt to modernize the character of Eddie Brock because no one's all that interested in cub reporters anymore, <laughs> working hard for the daily newspaper. Uh, they make it so that he's doing like a web show. Yeah, he has. <sighs> I mean, he's still working for a paper, but he does, like, a YouTube show for the paper. Yeah, no, he's effectively turned into a news cam boy. He will give you stories about genocide, or he'll show you his feet for 200 tokens. Oh, news cam boy. <laughs> All right, for 10 tokens, I'll start saying the news, and for 20, I'll stop saying the news. It's a news tease. <laughs> wow, man, I love that. There's certain al- amounts of news I'll never tell you, though. Oh, yeah. I have limits posted here. <laughs> And then, uh, if you want to pay eight hundred, I'll just get right to the climax of the story. <laughs> they all died. <laughs> it turns out everyone died. Oh my god, this makes me want to set up a cam account so bad and just sit there as like a newscaster. Just fucking Walter Cronkite, <laughs> the cam girl. <laughs> How much to make you take your clothes off, sir? I am a newsman. How dare you, sir? <laughs> now, if you'll just complete this this uh, big list of numbers I have here by tipping the amounts, we'll find it whether or not I will tell you anything about the Iraq situation. <laughs> now, fighting broke out along the Gaza Strip today. <laughs> and Gerald Ford is dead. <laughs> <laughs> How much do I want that? A lot. <laughs> well, I feel like we just wrote a good afterthought intro that we can't use now. Oh, we can use it. Don't you worry. <laughs> so, Don't you fret. Because okay. you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, we established that. Thank you, by the way. We established that that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that thank you that Brock is 
a principled newscaster who only goes after the stories that people would give a shit about, like the homeless crisis. And well, he's uh, he's doing the things that no one else will cover. He's there's dead homeless people, and no one cares but Eddie Brock. Yeah, because he finds some dead homeless people in a, in a landfill, or uh, that there's a, a protest march happening, or that there's some genocide somewhere, and no one's covering these stories. And I'm like, that isn't true. <laughs> They're covering them. They just aren't covering them in the in venues that you care to look look for. <laughs> uh, the other thing is infuriating about this is him driving all over San Francisco, and never do you even see another vehicle on the road with him. Right? Oh, there is a there is a chase scene that happens in this movie, and I watched this movie in the Bay Area, and I was like, "This is horseshit. Fuck everyone here." <laughs> You're like driving down a busy street in San Francisco, and there's like three other cars. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, this movie needed a quick story in it to explain why all the cars are gone from San Francisco. Also, Carlton Drake made it illegal to have cars here. Carlton Drake added in a personal transportation system that's super fast, and you don't need cars for. Yeah, and then there's this one dude who's a rebel because he likes the old shit. So basically, it's just Will Smith in any movie about the future. Uh, he still rides a motorcycle because he's the audience surrogate, and the audience surrogate's confused by your hover shoes or whatever. Yeah, well, he he doesn't trust that Carlton Drake. Yeah. He's got technology, and technology's bad, and I remember when this was all orange groves. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's been Will Smith's role in four movies. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, to be fair, I have not seen whatever the fuck that was where he played Cypher Rage and his son had to, like, bow stick fight oh a giant vulture. God. No, I did not see... I don't know. For some reason, I wanted to call it Project Earth, and I'm like, that's not even remotely close to what that name was. No, because it's supposed to be a big surprise reveal that it's Earth that they're on. Yeah. But yeah, he. I mean, you could just call it Cypher Rage, because that's his character's name in it, and holy shit. Uh. <laughs> I, but I know he spends most of the movie with his legs broke, and I'm wondering if he's sitting there going, stupid modern medicine, I'm going to let my legs heal the right way with a splint and something like that that, that dads remember so that they'll pay to see this movie. Oh, I don't trust nanobots. Yeah, that's got to be his character. I'm going to fix my legs through grilling and mowing the lawn. <laughs> Dad, this wouldn't happen to if you if you were wearing your super future boots. Converse for me, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. Converse all stars are nothing. It's, <laughs> it's real hard to or nothing. It's really hard to find them now because the Earth's been destroyed for eight hundred years. But God damn it, I have a good pair of red all stars. But that's all I wear <laughs> for some reason. Even though that makes no sense, that's what I've got. Yeah, and then I robot, and yeah. then I also robot. Also I robot. Also I robot. Hi John, I am robot. Hi robot, I'm Dad. I are weasel. <laughs> Wait, it's I are baboon. Excuse me. Excuse. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. I think you need to apologize. I, I, I want to apologize to the listeners. Uh, I want to apologize to whichever person it was who created I Am Weasel and I Are Baboon, the characters. <laughs> Some cartoon It's also the same person. guy who made Cow and Chicken. Yeah. You can tell because it's not very funny. <laughs> you can tell because it's bad and the animation is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's push along forward. He is a reporter who plays by his own rules. No one else's. Not even his. <laughs> yep. Uh, he has a relationship with a lawyer who is a high-class lawyer that does business lawyering for companies. Yeah, and they are engaged, but uh, they still also live in their own places. They both have apartments. Do they? Yeah, that's it's established at the beginning that he he comes back to an apartment after she kicks him out. He goes back to an apartment that has like food and shit in it. Well, I think that was like six months later. Oh, so he got his own crappy apartment. Yeah, I, I thought, I'm pretty I thought sure was, he got kicked out. Okay, I thought it was that he he had been keeping his own apartment the whole time. No, I think that was he got kicked out of the nice apartment that they had and had to go live in a shithole somewhere. Anyway, which, let's let's be clear here. 
This is taking place in San Francisco, and he's in the city mm-hmm. oh, of yeah. San Francisco. This thing he's, never crosses a bridge. No, he's there's never a point where it's like, oh, I lost my job and I've been unemployed for six months or whatever, and uh, I'm I now have to live in like Pleasanton or whatever because I can't afford to live here. Yeah, there's never any part where he has to take the Bart down to Millbrae or some shit because he can't afford to live anywhere near the city anymore. Yeah, he's living in. Uh, a large sized apartment by himself in San Francisco, even if it's in the worst neighborhood with like the worst everything, mm-hmm. you're paying at least like $2,000 to be in that shitty apartment. Yeah. Well, there's this thing in, I think TV and movies believe that have people believing that a loft apartment is cheap no matter where it is. Specifically, a, a big apartment like a garage where there's not a lot of where there's like uh, like pillars going up right in the middle of your rooms and stuff. Yeah. Even though that shit is more expensive than regular apartments because it's where trendy people want to be. Yeah. No. The apartment where fucking Eddie lives in this, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's no way you afford that. You could afford that for a month and then you would be gone. Yeah. Yeah. It, so especially because the first thing that happens to him and and the inciting incident that causes him to get kicked out by his girlfriend in the first place is also the the incident that gets him fired from his job. Yeah, he's, he's no source of income. He's supposed to go interview Carlton Banks mm-hmm. and uh he's like, "Tell me, what's it like being the son of known judge Uncle Phil?" <laughs> Also, he's ordered to do this by the leader of the newspaper there, uh, Bobby Fish. From, yeah, Bobby from, Fish. Bobby Fish from, from Luke Cage is here. And he's <laughs> like, I need you to go get me the scoop. I'm here from uh, Harlem. This, this is, is a, my new job. This drove me nuts. Okay, so this dude is a reporter who plays by his own rules, and he always has. He's like, oh, I do the stories no one else will do. And then Bobby Fish calls him up to his office and is like, I need you to go do a puff piece interview of this rich dude. Apparently, you're the only reporter who works for me. Because when you were like, no, I don't want to, I wasn't like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll have one. I, I will, you know, given that I'm sitting on top of an entire tower full of reporters, I'll just send one of the other ones who wants to do this lucrative, high-paying job. He's like, no, I'm going to fight with you about it until you do this and fuck it up. Oh, it's so weird because... Even before he, like, loses his job and his girlfriend and all that shit, Eddie very clearly is one of those people who's like, I do anything for the story and fuck you and I want to expose whatever. And the second he goes, hey, I, I want you to go interview Carlton Drake. Yeah, And, he's and like, he goes, oh, that guy's an asshole and fuck him and I don't want to talk to him. He's scum and I'm going to expose him. And, oh, thanks for giving me the interview because I'm going to ask him a bunch of penetrating questions about evil shit that he's done. He's like, no, don't do that. Well, I'm going to. Yeah, the, you would think he would, even if he had originally been like, Eddie, I want you to do this because your YouTube show is popular and we want to get the hits on having Carlton Drake on there. Mm-hmm. The second he was like, oh, wait a minute, you're Eddie Brock and you're going to be a giant asshole about this. You know what? Never mind. I'll send someone else. Yeah, he's in charge of a huge friggin' enterprise. Send someone else. But instead he's like, no, Eddie, please do this as a personal favor to me. And I'm like... And don't fuck it up. What are you doing asking for personal favors from your one loose cannon you keep on staff? Just don't. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe he's very popular, and the reason you keep him around is because he brings in money. Yeah, but the reason he's very popular is because he ambushes bad guys all the time. It's like the worst possible person. It's like, oh, uh, you know... Rabid Wolverine, I'm sending you to do this inv- this interview with this this uh, tiny adorable cat because you're popular. Yeah, it was it was a very bad dumb move, and boy howdy, it plays out exactly like you might think. Yeah, with a couple of extra twists because you see, it turns out that his girlfriend, played by Michelle Williams, by the way, uh, 
is a lawyer who works for a company that works for Carlton Banks, and she's privy to Drake. Carlton Banks. I'm I'm not correcting myself, Never. John. This is this is going. This, this is, is happening. happening. The whole review. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> he's just, either Drake and Josh or he's Carlton Banks. Just let this happen. Pick one. Let me have this. <laughs> he gets sent to interview Riz Ahmed. It turns out that that Michelle Williams ha- is privy to secret information about his evil dealings. Well, yeah, because she's part of the defense team. That's basically defending the company against people who are trying to sue people who are suing the specifically life corporation or whatever that he runs. Yeah, specifically in regards to the spaceship crash. Yeah. <clears throat> so he basically just knows her password, breaks into it, and pulls a bunch of dirt that he wants to go interview Carlton Drake with. Yeah, and so he does. He he begins this the way it always will. He does the little puff thing at the beginning. He's like, oh, let me ask you something. Uh, it turns out you're organization is testing things on human people and giving them cancer and you're like okay thank you yeah which why are we doing this you know he's just gonna go uh cut like like uh, cut the interview immediately and have you thrown out what are you even doing what did you think was going to happen to this was he gonna like break down and go oh the beating of the hideous heart you found me (laughs) i've been looking for someone to confess to oh i knew this would happen that black cat was following me around take this down newsman for i am about to spill all my beans (laughs) (laughs) i hope you've got a bowl because i'm about to spill these beans We also see uh, Riza Med's character, Carlton Drake, uh, discussing science and the importance of science with some kids in the broadest possible terms. Yes. He's just like, science is important. Those are the go-getters who do science. And then one kid's like, I have a question. And their teacher's like, hey, shut up, kid, with a question. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I loved this scene. Yeah. Because the kid's like, well, I have a question about a thing. And the, the, you know, the teacher's like, hey, shh. And Carlton just goes, look, no. Never let anyone stop you from asking questions. The people who ask questions are the best people, and they're the ones who really change things in this world. Now, I've got to go by, and I immediately just went, that totally answered my question. Yeah, he Thank doesn't you. answer the question. He's like, you, the, you, you're you, really smart to ask the question. In fact, you're in charge of this class now. It was literally that scene from Clone High, <laughs> uh, which is funny because it doesn't even partially live up to his ideals in any way if the idea was to show that this character is forceful about getting things done this just shows him to be a weird weasel yeah he's and that's basically all he is he's a weird weasley rich guy that yeah for some reason is obsessed with being evil about science yes like he's like let's move to human trials sir we're not ready to do that it would be stupid to do it yeah but let's do it yeah but i want to do it anyway yeah it's like but it wouldn't it wouldn't do us any good to do that sir that that makes no sense and is it's like, counterproductive. It kills two of the symbiotes. Of the three symbiotes you have, it kills two of them. It was a bad decision. You're a you're a big dumb idiot, and I'm not sure how you managed to get this company in the first place. Oh, well, you see, my family was in diamond mining. Oh, I'm sorry. I got my evil Elon Musks confused. <laughs> Oopsie-daisies. Whoopsie-doodles. Wrong evil Elon oh, Musk. Oh, for a second, I, I forgot that Elon, the real Elon Musk was supposed to be a self-made billionaire and not rich from South African blood money. Uh, my bad. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to buy a flamethrower, though? I got those. Uh, you love me, Internet. Uh, they used to. Nowadays, they're really mad at him about Grimes or calling that one diver a pedophile or whatever the fuck. <laughs> that was my favorite thing. <laughs> well, you didn't let me... Island. You didn't let me use my submarine. You're a pedophile. <laughs> well, but his defense was, the guy moved to Thailand. You don't move to Thailand if you're not a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thanks. Uh <laughs> Oh, anyway, uh, yeah, the ambush goes about as well as you'd expect. He gets thrown out, or Eddie Brock gets thrown out of the building. And, of course, 
They know who he's engaged to, so they know where the information leak that he uses is from. So, so his wife loses that contract and is basically let go from that job. Yeah, she gets fired. He gets fired. Uh, she's like, here's the ring back. Fuck you. You're a dumb idiot that only thinks about yourself. Yeah, which is fun because even though she's nice throughout the entire movie to him, she is at least consistent on this point. Yeah. She's always like, no, you're a selfish asshole. Let's, uh, yeah, every time they talk about it, she's like, no, and I need you to remember that you're the one who did this. Yeah. This wasn't a, we drifted apart, you fucked this relationship up. Yeah, so that's that's pretty fun to see. Uh, oh, we also meet another uh, Abby Jacobson's character during this scene, who is a, a, a scientist who works for, uh, for Carlton, and she is going to be the whistleblower and, and the secret good guy inside the bad organization. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she's the one who's like, I don't know if we're ready for human trials. And then he has to give her that like evil mastermind speech. Where he's like, you are my number one, a guy. <laughs> yeah. He builds her up a little and then like prattles on about how science is powered. Yeah, by like, You are the only one with the, the vision here in my company to know that we could save lives. Mm -hmm. and you're like, how, how the fuck is this happening? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot of shit. Uh, so he gets kicked into an apartment where we have to establish how bad his new life is. Uh, but he's still a good guy cause he's friends with homeless people and the, the lady who runs the local convenience store. Yes. And, and although he, she does get held up right in front of him and he just stands there and watches and then he's like apologetic about oh, it. Oh, I mean, what the fuck is he going to do? He's some dude. I don't know. I feel like they established him as the motorcycle riding badass who was going to ready to be an action hero anyway. Nah, like, with, or, with or without a symbiote. I think they were setting that up. But no, he he hides and then comes out and he's like, yeah, that sucks. And she's like, yeah, everything sucks. Get used to it, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, Eddie. Everything's garbage and the world is terrible. But he's nice to a homeless lady out front because she's smart enough to steal all the newspapers and sell them to him. Yeah. All the free newspapers. Yeah. And he really wants one of those free newspapers. Although I've, I, I, I can't imagine wanting one of those from one of the, especially from one of the boxes in San Francisco that doesn't have a window on it. So you know it's one of those ones full of, like, singles ads. Oh, that's his masturbation material. I yeah. thought that was clear. <laughs> God, I haven't seen one of those in forever where you actually potentially could use them as masturbation material. I'm almost certain that that's what they were going for in that, is that wonder, he was like, well, I'm going to take this and go jerk off. I wonder if they even still make that kind of newspaper. The kind of, They usually have them around in front of military bases and stuff. They're like... The just, kind that's just full of prostitute and strip places and oh yeah, yeah. it's all that but they can't say anything they're always like yeah. ooh i i want to have a good date yeah my friend rides side saddle i'll meet with you for 50 roses no pickle <laughs> you're like that's that's an interesting code that i will never understand good mhm mm uh so yeah we get all of that and that's when he gets contacted by the uh the whistleblower scientist the whistleblower who's you like Oh, everything's fucked up, and we're, like, murdering people with symbiotes, because yeah. every time a symbiote gets on someone, if it's not a perfect match, they just murder them. Yeah, the symbiotes want look for really perfect matches, and they murder anyone they can't get. And also, if they live with a good match for too long, it kills the symbiote as well. Although, I, I don't think it's that it no. kills the symbiote, it's that exposure to the regular atmosphere kills the symbiote. If a symbiote isn't attached to something, then exposure to our atmosphere will kill it. Slowly, though. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, uh, we've established that because one of the symbiotes is already dying. They've they've tried it on a random homeless dude and it went into him for a couple of seconds and then it blew peeled, him up. Basically, blew, yeah, it basically peeled out from his nose, but killed him on the way out. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, it's 
it's really funny because that's it's yet another one of those those Carlton speeches where he's like, "You're a pioneer. You're do, you're doing a new thing for humanity." To the you're, dude, you're going to make sure that no one suffers. You're a hero. Yeah, and then the symbiote bends the guy's spine backwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she calls she calls uh, Eddie Brock. Does uh, her name's Doctor Something Skirth. I remember Skirth because that's a weird name. Oh, Skirth. Yeah. So she calls Brock and she's like, "Hey, this is this is definitely a real thing. It's actually happening." So she invites him to just go into the building with her, which I feel like they could have come up with a better plan than that. Well, also, it's worth noting that he turns her down. Yes. And then we get a shitload of dumb business where he like tries to go uh, hook up with his ex again. Like, just goes by the building, and we mm-hmm. find out that she's. Like with a doctor now who's a like top rated surgeon or whatever. Uh, yeah, and he's going to be that standard character you see in superhero movies nowadays. The new boyfriend who is surprisingly good for the. It, who's it just very nice and good. Yeah, it used to be that these people were always huge assholes so the hero could defeat them and get the girl back. Yeah, it used to be the trope of, oh, this is my new boyfriend and he's business asshole and he's the worst. Yeah. And now it's just, what is this? Oh, this is my new boyfriend and he does charity work and he's a good doctor that works for kids. And more importantly, and when you get fucked up, he'll help you. Yeah, he turns into a resource for the hero instead of an obstacle. Yeah. It was the same thing in Ant-Man, for example. Exactly. Yeah, which I can't help but think of because it was also said in the exact same parts of San Francisco. Well, <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, and the reason I bring that up mm-hmm. is because... We may have been motoring through the beginning of this, but that's because the first fucking 45 minutes of this, Eddie does not get a symbiote. No, yeah, it's it's it depressingly takes, venom-free for yeah, a long time. It takes forever to get to a point where there is any symbiote action. Yeah, like, it, we see the uh, the ambulance driver who had a symbiote in her, like, kills a bunch of people in a market and goes to a new person and so on. Yeah. But it's that is the extent of, like, the symbiote... St- business we get to see for the first half of this movie yeah so abby jacobson's character lets eddie into the facility she's like okay well i see a security guard so i'm gonna go distract him you go in there and be quiet and don't touch anything and he's like nope that is not my mo why would you trust me to do anything you asked me to do every single thing anyone in this movie has ever asked me to do i've immediately and casually disregarded yeah so he goes into the lab and he starts taking pictures he's like oh my god it's true they're fucking experimenting on homeless people and they're killing people off and he sees his homeless friend who had been captured and is dragged in there yeah he was like oh shit you were missing and i didn't know what happened to you and she has as it turns out the venom symbiote in her right then and she freaks out breaks the glass that she is encased in and passes the symbiote on to eddie Hooray! He's the symbiote now, although we won't actually see him as Venom for another couple of scenes. Oh, yeah, it's still going to be like another 10, 15 minutes before we even get that. Yeah, we do see that he's immediately kind of a superhero. He's He's got, like, superpowers already, because as he's escaping, a bunch of security guards come out after him. Uh, he manages to, like, rip a door off the hinges that's yeah, locked and, and shit jump like off that. a wall so hard that he leaves a footprint in it. Yeah, he jumps through a gate. Yeah, and then he jumps 30 feet up a tree. Yeah. So he's already got superpowers, and this is a thing that I feel like the movie needed to establish so we could get more Tom Hardy time, is that he is a superhero, whether or not that symbiote's visible in this movie. I don't know if that's normally true of Brock. Uh, Technically, yes, because most of the time, the reason the symbiote isn't visible is it currently just looks like his clothes, because ah, okay. the symbiote can just transform into whatever the fuck it wants to look like. That's true, although this movie also introduces something you'd almost never see regular Venom doing in comics or cartoons or whatever, which is pseudopods, where he just 
like, oh, a, a random tentacle fired out of otherwise normal-looking Tom Hardy's back, and then continue to do that for several minutes for an entire motorcycle chase. And I, I know that they did that specifically because Tom Hardy is contractually obligated to appear as Tom Hardy for a set amount of the film. Right. And also because it's expensive to put Venom on film. Yeah. But I think it was an okay compromise. I mean, it does show up in comics a bit. When he first showed up and was ju- Venom was just evil Spider-Man, mm-hmm. then no. The symbiote was just like, what is this? It's a costume that gives you superpowers, and he now has web shooters because Spider-Man had web shooters. Oh, and also because Spider-Man had previously been the, the person wearing the suit, so he was just like, this is the power set I come to you yeah, with. Yeah, I, I drained some of Spider-Man's power because I was on Spider-Man, so here you go. <laughs> I drained his power of having mechanical web shooters. Yeah, well. <laughs> but that was part of the thing, is the reason he had webs is... It was the suit making webs. Yeah. And so technically the suit can look like clothes. It can make webs. It can shoot like its arm, like mm-hmm. goo and do whatever. It's just most of the time people just do it as, what is this? A uh, muscle man with a big mouth yeah. rather than a dude who actually does have goopy nonsense. Well, in this case, they, they only show him swinging by a pseudopod once and he never webs anything up in any way. Well, yeah, because, because Spider-Man not, is completely yeah, not no, in this. No, I'm saying it's a good thing. I'm, I'm saying I'm glad that they didn't immediately have him develop a big white spider on his chest for no reason. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as much as I would love to see that actually happen at some point, uh, I'm just very sad that we had to get the standalone one, be like, eh, nah. You I mean, just look kind like of like a weird, veiny, black goop. I would have been perfectly fine if they'd done a post-credits where they showed like a single shot from Civil War or something and him being like, ooh, that spider's kind of cool. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> that's a that's a fun look. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? <laughs> so, anyway, uh, he spends some time being like crazy and feral, like he's eating all the rotten chicken in his own house and... and throwing up and, and eating he has more food like and vo- a voice in his head yeah it, it first doesn't talk to him entirely it's just like eddie <laughs> yes hungry yeah takes a while for the i guess for the venom symbiote to get used to the idea of talking to well i mean to really meld with eddie. yeah no it takes a while it's, he's bonded. It's fine we we get established that this this character has venom's normal weaknesses yep it's sonic and fire mm-hmm. the standard weaknesses real problem for eddie as it turns out because there's a loud metalhead guy next door the kind of guy who plays his music real loud and then if you ask him not to he's like uh, fuck you man uh, also i'm not going to get kicked out of this apartment even though there are so many people that would definitely come in here and pay for it, and it would be very easy to get me kicked out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although, Welcome to San Francisco. Yeah, well, I mean, getting kicked out of an apartment is really hard in California. Well, I feel like in San Francisco, this guy it's either just, makes a shitload of money yeah. uh, and just plays the guitar because he's an asshole. Uh, or he makes a shitload of money because he plays the guitar like an asshole. He could have been like Kirk Hammett or something. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we do. I don't remember what Kirk Hammett looks like. So that might have been Kirk Hammett. That, uh, okay, well, you heard it here first. It's Kirk Hammett in Venom. Kirk Hammett's in Venom. It's either that or that's Joe Satriani, who I understand is an asshole. <laughs> what, I, what I'm what i telling you right now is uh, The Edge was in Venom. <laughs> oh, you mean Ergen, Durgen, Gergen, Ergen? The real name of The Edge? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... This dude starts playing his electric guitar real loud, and Venom freaks out, and then he... Not Venom. Eddie freaks out. He well, runs... technically... It's both, Venom whatever. At that out. point, they are Venom. He runs over there and yells at the guy with a Venom face. Yeah. We get a bunch of business. Business. Uh, Carlton sends his goon squad to go get the symbiote back. <laughs> and then he does a dance. <laughs> uh, and goon squad shows up, and the symbiote just wrecks face. It's... I enjoy 
a lot of the action sequences in here with the symbiote. They do some fun things with it. Yeah, this particular fight scene must have been tough for Tom Hardy because it's it's the it's the symbiote suit pulling him around. Yeah, it's a lot of him being jerked in different directions. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to watch. And then they have a cool motorcycle chase, which is just infuriating if you've ever been to San Francisco, so you know what the traffic patterns are like there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how is this guy getting chased by two SUVs? If you're a motorcycle in San Francisco, you've gotten away from those SUVs because they're in traffic, and you're probably riding on the sidewalk because you're an asshole and you're in San Francisco. <laughs> Fuck that town. This, yeah, I mean, every time either of us goes to the Bay Area, it's the Bay Area. It's never San Francisco. No, I am always in a circular area yeah. around San Francisco, and when I have to go into it, I'm always like, oh. There's a reason it takes 45 minutes to get anywhere when, when either of us is up there, and it's because you'll do anything to not go into the city proper. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, I got to go to, like, fucking Berkeley from Oakland. I'm going to go the long way around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, anyway, we have an in- improbable drive. Uh, where Venom gets to use cool Venom powers like extruding pseudopods and riding around on clouds of goop uh, to escape these dudes, except he doesn't really escape them. He ends up having to fight them at the end of the fight, too. By the way, they, of course, have killer drones because you can't make a movie without those anymore. Yep. And, I mean, he manages to get his shit together mm-hmm. and away. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I think they they never quite catch him. They, they almost catch him, and then he venoms out and eats a bunch of heads and punches dudes. And yeah, he beats up a bunch of cops. And there's a whole th- this whole middle of the uh, the movie, like this between minutes forty and fifty, is just a bunch of venom having fun. Yeah, and I again, they they just take too long in this movie for a lot of things. Like the entire goon squad chases venom scene that starts in his apartment and goes through the chase scene. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some fun business with venom. It goes on and on. Like, that scene just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. The the one thing about the, the movie, at this point, we establish the dialogue between Venom and Eddie. Yeah. And it's great. It's actually some of the best dialogue. Venom's, Venom's oh, yeah. got a real personality to him, and he's really fun to listen to. He's a lot nicer than you'd expect him to be, basically. Well, he's also kind of a, a dick to Eddie. He's just like, Eddie, you're a loser. Yeah. Eddie, you need me. Yeah, no, I know, but it, but he's nicer than you'd expect. There's a point where he's like, I need to go into that building, and he's like, well, why didn't you say so? Let's go in that building. Well, fuck it then. Come on. Well, yeah, <laughs> and they get in the building, and they leave a note. <laughs> That's my favorite line, by the way, is when they leave the note, and then he's like, you know, I'm really afraid of heights, right? I did know that, yes. Now jump. No. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, that led to the elevator scene that led to the fight, the big fight with a bunch of police officers in the smoke, where they, they think the best way to fight Venom is to shoot smoke grenades at him, so he has to be, he loses his visibility. I Well, I feel like these are police rather than the goon squad. They were specifically least, police, yes. At least the goon squad should know by now that sonic weaponry and fire is how you fight a symbiote. Well, they keep getting him with electricity, which seems to just also work. Uh, well, electricity is basically fire. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, given that the, the Marvel Universe is based on the Chinese classic elements, yes. <laughs> Electric- I mean, it does work. There are definitely things where Spider-Man has beaten Venom by having him touch, like, the third rail and shit. Oh, no, I know. I, I, it's a normal Venom weakness. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not complaining about it. But we get to watch him non-lethally beat up a bunch of cops until the very end where he eats one of their heads, and I'm like, wait, that's just a police officer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I feel like this either should have gone for the R or not, mm-hmm. because they do all the, like, I'm biting heads off, or I'm talking about, like, eating your pancreas, or I'm going to, like, kill a dude, but then also they don't show anything, and it seems very jarring, because the relationship between 
Eddie and the symbiote is hilarious. Like, their back and forth is just fun. They're a fun buddy cop. It's the best part of this movie. Yeah, but then as soon as they're like, oh, and now we got to fight people, and I'm going to talk about, like, ripping a dude's eyeballs out, you're like, this seems like an odd choice. <laughs> yeah, in fact, particularly there's two conversations in the movie that are Venom grabbing various criminals and describing what he's going to do to them yes. that are just... They're so edgelord that they kind of, those those two uh, scenes were basically my argument for keeping this movie PG-13. Because if it was hard R, then he could get even more graphic. But when he was like, yes, what I'm going to do to you is eat your arms, and then I'm going to eat your legs, and then I'm going to eat your face. And I was like, dude, at this point, he's either passed out or is trying to rebel. You're, you're talking too much. It, it, no. See, it's pithy. Get Get pithy with it. The first one, I agree with, because he's like... Oh, your lungs, pancreas, kidneys, there's so many tasty things to eat. Blah. I was like, all right, great. But when he's talking to the guy at the end and he's like, I'm going to eat your legs and then your arms and your face. And then you will be a legless, armless, faceless ball rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. I was like, I like this. I like that he's basically just being an asshole. It was amusing, although let's be clear, turds rarely roll down the street in the wind. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean a, unless you were to poop a big, saily turd. <laughs> a big, saily turd. Now, I was thinking a big, round turd, but I guess if you pooped a sailboat, then sure. It's more likely than pooping a big, round turd that would move in the wind, unless you pooped a big, round, hollow turd. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't we all? Don't, don't stop me. I'm the Gandalf of turdin. <laughs> <laughs> I pooped a dragon. <laughs> I pooped a ring, and then I pooped a sailboat through it. <laughs> <laughs> and that sailboat is now in the wind. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, those two Edge Lordy description scenes didn't ring well with me, but you liked one of them, and that's fine. I, I like the second yeah. one just because, at least in that one, he was trying to go for intimidating. Like at the end, he went, "Oh, wait a minute, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to eat you." Like he was just at least using it to be an intimidation factor. Yeah. The first one was just Edge Lord dumb nonsense. Yeah. So, okay, there's a scene where uh, Eddie is convinced there's something wrong with him, and his former fiance manages to drag him to her new fiance's doctor's office where he gets a free MRI. And, of course, that fucks up the symbiote. Yeah, and the symbiote doesn't like it. And it's foreshadowing because later they're going to use that MRI machine to knock the symbiote out of him. Yep. But it just drives me nuts that this dude who can drive wherever he wants in San Francisco with no traffic also gets a free MRI. Yeah, right? Ugh. You don't haul some random dude into a building and give him a free MRI. That, it, it just isn't done. That's like a $10,000 procedure. They didn't even ask him about his insurance. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't care if you're like, oh, I'm dating like a big shot doctor. I'm like, yeah, but the person who runs the hospital is going to be like, the fuck did you just ask me if you could do? No. The, the doctor is absolutely not going to do it because it'll trigger his malpractice insurance. Yeah, there's it's, no way. It's there's, there's, there's no way. But it's just like, no, he needs a free MRI because the Venom symbiote will be weak to it. Yeah. So anyway, the Venom symbiote, the, we can go at that happened earlier in the movie, but at this point he gets hauled in for an MRI and the, the sound, they use the MRI machine to blast the Venom symbiote off of him. Yeah, because they find that the symbiote is actually basically killing Eddie slowly. Yes, it's like your heart's all atrophied and your liver isn't working right. It's basically just draining the life out of him as they go. Yeah, and the whole time the, the Venom symbiote's like, no, I can fix this. No, don't worry. I got I got this. This isn't really important. You don't understand. It's just that your heart looks weird because you have the Venom symbiote in you. You're fine. No, it's it's fine. I just I got a little hungry. I took a snack on your liver. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's effectively what happens. If, yeah. if he can't g give enough food to the Venom symbiote, the Venom symbiote starts eating him. Yeah. Um, man, there's so much of this movie that we didn't talk about because it's just 
it's random just shenanigans. some dumb bullshit that we, we don't need to. At this point, also, Abby Jacobson, the Dr. Skirth we mentioned a lot earlier, having been outed as the person who let the symbiote get away, is thrown into one of the live testing t- uh, tanks and gets a symbiote in her. Yeah. And then, because no one's watching, because apparently he only employs three people, the symbiote kills her and gets out and dies. Yeah. The- at which point, two of the four symbiotes are just dead. <sighs> I had a real problem with this because it establishes through riot and venom Mm -hmm. uh that the symbiotes are intelligent before they get onto these people like they know what the fuck is up yeah the four of them were like a team they were like a crew of something and so i feel like the even if you weren't a perfect match You'd be like, oh, I uh, if I stay out in this nonsense, I'm going to die. So I'm just going to hang out in this body for a while, like, or go or, or try to communicate. Oh, yeah. Just be like, once you get into Abby, just be like, oh, my God, break the fucking door down. I will give you strength because that's what we can do. Yeah. Or, just, or just walk back over to the containment thing and just jump back out of the person and into that because you live longer in there. Yeah. But instead, they all just like, I try to live in this guy for a while and then I die. Yeah, there's. There's a lot of dumb business with the symbiotes that we don't see that I was like, I feel like the rest of them act like weird animals and just Venom and Riot are the only ones that act like the actual symbiotes. Yeah, maybe they just both of them happen to bring along a dog I guess. that on their planet just works the same way. Um, the movie also says that the four of them were found on a comet and it doesn't mention any details. Venom at one point's like, yeah, I come from a planet with billions of things just like me. I'm just like you do. I live on a whole planet with cities and stuff, but it's never like, well, then why were the four of you on a comet without like a spaceship or anything? Oh, because we're explorers or whatever. We're an advanced team. Yeah. Traveling on a comet like you do. Yeah. And Riot's the team leader. Yeah. It just, it's. It's pretty, uh, it glosses over a lot of this, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of shit we don't really get into. Yeah. But uh, I, the thing that I want to talk about that scene for is that it establishes that Carlton Drake will just completely use one of his four invaluable, super priceless monsters to kill Abby Jacobson and then also the monster out of just casual, petty, fun revenge. He could have just had her shot. He has a whole murder team. Yeah, and he gets real angry when he finds out that the thing died. He was like... Hey, who was supposed to be watching this? And you're uh, like, you have two people here. Yeah, she was supposed to be watching them, and then you you killed her with a thing. What? Aren't you competent? How did you build a huge imp- empire? Yeah, it's oh right, African blood diamonds. That's I, right. That's I'm sorry, Again, I keep forgetting. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Uh, so at this so point, the, Riot has managed to reach the bad guy too. Yeah, like we've seen the symbiote jump to uh from the old woman to a little girl, and the little girl. Shows up in the lab and has the symbiote jump into fucking Drake. Which, luckily, perfect match. And fucking Carlton Drake is like, ah, good. It's an even better match than Venom and, and Eddie, apparently, because there's no scenes of him getting, like, punched drunk off it and eating rotten chicken in his apartment. It's, well, Riot, I feel, has had a lot more time to fuck around with humans. Because mm-hmm. he spent this entire movie just being in humans. Yes. I suppose that's true. Although, so did Venom, for the most part. I mean, he was in that homeless lady, and then he well, was in someone before end. that. That was after they started doing human trials. 
Yeah. I, I, okay. Fair enough. I guess that's fine. I just, I know that this happens a lot in these dark mirror villain introduction movies, you know, like how Ironmonger takes, how you have to watch Iron Man go through like 18 different Iron Man suits and a whole bunch of trials where he keeps falling over and getting sprayed with things. And then when, uh, when, uh, what's his name? Jeff Daniels or whoever steals bridges, the, Jeff Daniels steals yeah, his when pa- Jeff Daniels and Carlton Banks get together. Yeah. It just builds himself a power suit and it's fine. It works right away on the first try. And it's like, and he knows how to use it perfectly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's just your standard dark mirror we don't have time to show both of them going through training montages yeah yeah but now the riot is gonna use fucking carlton drake to be like "Ooh, i'm gonna go get the rest of my symbiotes and we're just basically gonna take over this world and you know when venom takes over eddie at the first first in the first place he's like that's his plan too but then he's like actually i kind of like earth and i don't want to destroy it eddie brock yeah (laughs) so yeah, anyway, it, we can probably get to the wrap up here. Eddie no longer has the symbiote in him, but he's going to go try and stop Carlton Drake anyway, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Because uh, the symbiote got blasted out of, him, out of him by the MRI. The symbiote, because it can't stay in an atmosphere, possesses a random dog that's in the in the hospital. Cute little dog. Uh, and then also possesses Michelle Williams. Yep, which is, this leads to the scene that everyone was talking about, where Eddie gets to make out with the symbiote, which is basically just... Eddie makes out with Michelle Williams wearing the symbiote, but she's still got symbiote face when they start kissing. Mm -hmm. Because she's Lady Venom, so that you can get a little shot of that for the fans. Yeah. I mean, it was a thing that existed, so great. We get that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think think every single one of Todd McFarlane's creations ever has a lady version of it. (laughs) I think he always, because he has to sell the action figures. Well, I mean, this wasn't a McFarlane thing. This was after McFarlane. I believe the Lady Venom first showed uh, up. Probably. I'm pretty sure Todd McFarlane created the character, was immediately tarred and feathered, <laughs> and ran off to start his own comic line. Lol. Yeah. I mean, in the Venom Lethal Protector series of standalone comics, mm-hmm. there is a point where the symbiote like gets on his girlfriend or whatever the fuck. Right. So Lady Venom kisses Venom back into Eddie Brock, who immediately is like, no, we will not work with this woman anymore. You stay here in this forest. Uh, no, it's it's too dangerous for you. We're going to go off. Even the symbiote is like, you can't help me. <laughs> I'm new to the concept of gender, but one thing I've established is that you're a part of the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I've gotten after being attached to this human uh, is uh, ladies. Who needs them, right? Eh? <laughs> Hi, I'm from a genderless species of protoplasmic monsters. Also, we're misogynist. Also, uh, it's too dangerous for you. You can't help me. You have a vagina on this planet. <laughs> stay here in these woods and prepare us a hot stew <laughs> uh so yeah venom goes off to fight riot riot is bigger and better uh yeah which venom openly admits to because oh yeah he's like look on my planet i'm a loser just like you are eddie yeah although i thought that was a bullshit line i thought that was literally venom just trying not to explain his actual motives because he was like you know on on my planet i am also considered something of a loser like you and then brock's like no nah, come on man tell me your actual truth here so i thought that was literally venom messing with him no. Oh, okay. It's but, just, apparently in this universe, yeah. Riot is just a better symbiote than Venom yeah. is. No, that, that part was definitely true, but I didn't think that Venom was just straight up a loser. It's just that Riot is a really good symbiote, because apparently he can make blades. Yeah, that's his big thing, yeah. is he's like, look, I've, I'm bigger than you. Also, so, his eyes are lightning bolts. And I, I can do fucking weaponry shit instead of just, like, punching guys or whatever. Yeah. And he's metal colored, because that's how you know he's blade powers. <laughs> huh? <laughs> all i'm saying is that all these symbiotes are terrible 
The, yeah. The, the various colors of Venom are the dumbest part of the Venom mythos. No, I that was, was the thing we were talking about earlier before we started watching this mo- the movie was was the problem with this movie is that the villain is just going to be another Venom. Yeah, the the main issue I had with it being Riot is I was like, no, if you're going to have Venom fight a symbiote, it needs to be Carnage, because that's the only one that matters. Mm-hmm. When you have him fight Riot first and then fight Carnage, you're like, oh, okay, I've seen this. I mm-hmm. get it. It's just now it's red instead of fucking silver. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that kind of makes it work is that Riot is maybe in this movie for three minutes. True. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of business with Riot. Yeah. Riot uses his weapon. Oh, he... uh. As Riz Ahmed, as Carlton Drake, he orders his science team to prep the spaceship because he's going to fly the spaceship himself. Yeah, he's going to fly out to the planet of the symbiotes and then come back and take over the planet. Real good spaceship if it can take off without six months of planning weather patterns and like what's going on with the current satellite structures and so on. But oh, well, I know, mean, it's, it's fine. Just it's take been it out on the pad spin. waiting to go up. Yeah, at a specific time. Flights are extraordinarily planned when, it ta- when you're talking space. Oh, I know. But, but he was like, here. fuck it. I'm hitting the button that says well, launch. It's just like how there's no traffic in San Francisco. There's also no traffic in space. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Don't worry about it. There's there's not a lot in space. Space is mostly nothing. Nothing but Elon Musk's old cars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if only he had launched that vehicle and then hit a car in space and be like, what the fuck is this? Who would launch a car here? How much better would it be if that was the plot of this movie, that that car came crashing back down with four Venoms in it? <laughs> <laughs> you just see that little dummy that was driving the car in a Venom costume driving a vehicle down to Earth, and you're like, what? It's playing that Don Felder take a ride song from the heavy metal movie. <laughs> I won't wait to get to midnight. Call, Call it, it heavy metal. <laughs> That's the the opening to this movie I want. Is that Tesla landing and full of venoms? Okay, now I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Instead of the hard R because it was all gory, if it had been a hard R because it was just venom, the heavy metal. <laughs> oh, dude, yes. Version, I would have been all about that. <laughs> That would have been fantastic. Anyway, the spaceship's getting started. Venom jumps up onto the launch gantry and is like, we have to go fight Riot and stop him or he'll kill the whole planet. He's okay. like, uh, isn't he going to beat the shit out of us? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, he's way better than us. He has shit you've never seen. <laughs> so, yeah, they get into a fight. Riot wins. Mm-hmm. Riot Triangle man. man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but after they get into a big fight and Venom gets knocked down, he gets into the spaceship and takes over, and then Venom just jumps onto the spaceship and breaks it, because, duh. Yeah. So he rips off some bits from the thing, and the whole, uh... Oh, Michelle Williams helps here. I think she plays some loud music from loudspeakers or something, too. Oh, yeah, it's while the Venom, uh, riot fight is happening, she does a loud noise over the speakers that then makes it so that it's just fucking Eddie Brock fighting... Carlton Drake. Yeah, the two of them get in a little fight. At that point, Carlton Drake's like a little fucking nerd. Eddie Brock should have just beat the shit out of him, but no. He mostly did. He kicked him off a platform, but it turned out that Riot was waiting down there to pick him up. Apparently. Yeah, so it it wasn't a huge loss. But anyway, the way that Riot gets killed is just that they cut open the spaceship while he's taking off, so it burns. burns So he burns burns to death. Yeah. And Venom jumps off, but he's basically covered in fire, and we get the impression that the Venom symbiote essentially also burns to death, saving Eddie. Well, notably, it turns itself into a parachute and then says, goodbye, Eddie, and then flies off of him. So you're like, oh, okay, so he left Eddie at the last second. Yeah. But no, that's not the end. No, the end is he talks to his girlfriend. His ex-girlfriend, yeah. His ex. And yeah. is like, hey, uh, what's up? Hey, can we uh, can we get back together? No, because you fucked up real bad, remember? No, Stupid. no, remember how through this entire movie I've been telling you no? Yeah. No. And then Venom, this is how you find out Venom's still alive. He's like, ha ha, the fool woman. She has no idea we're going to get her back. Yeah. 
at a certain point, I start to feel like even though he's got a pretty good Ed Har- or Tom Har- Hardy done voice, <laughs> he's got a pretty good Ed Hardy voice. He's got a pretty good Ed Hardy shirt, <laughs> <laughs> even though Benham has a pretty good Ed Hardy shirt. <laughs> It's got a wicked anime-inspired tiger on it. <laughs> also, a bunch of bells or leaves or skulls or whatever the I fuck. I don't know. Whatever dumb Those designs. shirts always look bad. Yeah. Whatever. Looks so, like if you had a beer company to sign trapper keepers. Every <laughs> single one of them. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. We find out that, yep, Symbiote's still alive. Eddie's still got him. Yeah. And uh, we, he's they're negotiating their, their new life. They're like, hey, uh, oh, we can only eat bad guys. And we'll know when they're bad enough to be bad guys that we can eat. And then that's when he finds the dude who is, again, robbing the same store. Yeah, and, and gives him a long speech. And then eats him. Yeah, eats his head and gives him a long speech. And we also get our Stanley cameo. Yeah. Uh, but then the post credit scene. It turns out that Eddie has a good new reporter job. It's a secret who, who he gets to interview. A secret so secret he can't even tell his old girlfriend about it. And it's uh, Cletus Cassidy. Yeah. So he goes in and sees Cletus Cassidy, and it is awful i i hate it okay this. for those who don't know cletus cassidy is carnage yeah okay but this is real spoiler territory because this is post-credit we're talking now this is mid-credits oh yeah well post-credit barely matters in this movie we're well, gonna no. talk we're gonna talk about it <laughs> but it barely matters but okay so spoiler alert incoming here we go cletus cassidy is carnage and cletus cassidy is also woody harrelson woody harrelson in the worst wig you've ever seen. He, it looks like he's getting ready to sing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. He, it's the most obvious Annie wig I've ever seen. Oh, and it is it is the Annie wig that your high school production of Annie uses. Mm-hmm. It's not good no, at all. No, it looks atrocious. It's like they didn't even try. No, and the thing is, as well, I'm looking at it going like, okay, I love Woody Harrelson as much as the next guy, mm-hmm. but don't. Don't make him carnage. Like that's I know he was in Natural Born Killers. Yeah, this is my jerk off motion about that. 24 years ago. I don't care. Get someone else. It's I mean he'd be a fine carnage if we were making this movie in 1997. The problem is that Avi Aird would be making the movie then and it would suck out loud. Yeah, it would be just straight balls and yeah. I'm glad that it didn't happen. Yeah, there's got to be a new Woody Harrelson out there that this guy could have been. There's got to be someone out there that's creepy and young and i don't know alden ehrenreich that would have been plays okay. pennywise maybe the guy who played <laughs> baby driver he, he seems like he would have been able to pull this off but yeah oh sure or that guy your guy what's his yeah. name it's uh it's uh that yeah anyway sorry i don't know one, give me one of the scars guards he is a scars guard he's bill scars guard yeah think. give me give me bill scars guard yeah give me or a scores guard or something give me, a, give me a creepy looking dude who's young and that i will believe takes absolute glee in murdering people and doesn't look like someone's grandpa at this well, point. Well, the problem is that this this scene needed to work for people who have no idea what the Venom mythos is, so it had to also be a super famous person so that people would be like, oh, I know what's going on. Woody Harrelson is in this. Yeah, well, at that point, you'd be like, oh, I, I know that this is important and not just some random dude. Yeah, because I don't you put anyone else in that shitty of a wig and no one's going to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be someone else from Cheers. <laughs> just have it be Ted Danson. It's Frasier. Ah. <laughs> Eddie Brock, this is the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> it's fucking Danny DeVito in a red wig. <laughs> he was on Cheers? His wife was. Yeah, no, he showed up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a regular, I don't think. Uh, anyway. <laughs> or just Norm. We'll get fucking Norm. George Went will show up and be like, <laughs> I love killing people in beer. 
Yeah. Uh, so he basically gives a little speech where he's like, I, I could pros- possibly turn on the whole serial killer diatribe thing if you would like, but I would prefer not to. I, I could describe the the fountainous arcs of serial killer blood the, spray. That, the Dadaist pattern of blood. Yeah. Which is weird because he doesn't say the thing he's actually there for after that. He's like, can we please cut to the chase? I do not want to describe Dadaist fountains of blood or whatever. And credits. Yeah, he just goes, oh, I, I need to let you know one thing. I'm going to get out of here, and when I do, there's going to be carnage. Which is <laughs> which is amusing, because one of the things that this movie sets up is that names like Venom and Riot are just the given names of the symbiotes. Yeah, like Venom isn't a thing that he comes up with. The <laughs> symbiote's name is Venom. It's just Riot's that guy- symbiote is named Riot. <laughs> the other two symbiotes who had already died in the facility were named Atari and Teenage. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I loved Atari Teenage Riot. They were great. <laughs> they were a fine band. They were a fine band. They they were. <laughs> Man, you almost choked to death on your praise for Atari Teenage Riot. I really there. died because of how much I love Atari Teenage Riot, John. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, but this this universe has established that these these symbiotes just have Ed's Lord names. So when he's like, "There's gonna be carnage," you're like, "Well, you better hope there's carnage." Because if you get that red guy and he's like, "My name is Carl." <laughs> Yeah, he gets the red symbiote and is like, ooh, yes, I'm I'm from the planet of symbiotes, and my name is Penis McGillicuddy. <laughs> well, you're going to have to be a supervillain named that now. <laughs> you're going to have to be Penis McGillicuddy the murderer. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the whole post-credit scene. It's just him going, there's going to be carnage. And then we get a second one, which is literally just a spare commercial for that Into the Spider-Verse movie. Yeah, it is it is just, and now, a scene from this movie. Elsewhere in the multiverse, it says. And then shows us a scene from that movie. Which makes no sense in con- out of context. No, you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? I mean, right I now? loved it. It's super kinetic. It's super fun to watch. I love the low frame rate thing they're doing with that movie that keeps oh, it kind of comic booky. I'm going to love watching that movie. Oh, God, yes. Uh, but it doesn't make any sense because it's in the middle of a multiverse plot, the, the uh, scene they show you. So it's like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There's Venom. But I got to tell you about my, my I other was interest. about to ask. Yeah. My other I need you firm. to tell me yeah. about the people that were near you in this movie theater. Okay, so first of all, you know how our local theater has moved on to assigned seating? Yes. So the assigned seat that I bought in a nearly packed theater was completely broken. So when I sat on it, it just fell backwards into the people sitting behind me. Useful. Now, it, when I first sat down and it leaned way the hell back, I, I bumped into the guy behind me, realized that was going to happen, grabbed the back of my seat and pulled it forward, and then just sat on my butt. But that wasn't enough for this guy, so he started kicking the back of my seat, trying to move me out of his way or something. What? Uh, I, I I turn around to look at who's back there, and it's two guys in their mid-20s, big, fat dudes, like two big, fat dudes, uh, both dressed like they were construction workers. Um, the dude kicks my seat for several minutes, just going, dook, 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 dook. and finally I'm like, hey, man, knock it off. I'm not even sitting on the seat right now. I'm, I'm leaning forward. And he goes, well, move to the seat next to you, because I had one of the rare seats next to me. I look. His friend has his feet dangling over the other seat. And I was like, I'd be happy to move if your friend would put his feet down. And his friend says, fuck you. And then the two of them start arguing. Wow. And it, he, the dude was adamant. He refused to move his feet to the ground. So I just dealt with it. Uh, now, this all happened during the Chevy commercial. <laughs> oh, well, that's a welcome distraction from the Chevy commercial. It's thing. completely a welcome distraction from the Chevy commercial. Yes, man. I, people keep every time I complain about those commercials, people send us links to that dude who makes his own versions of them. Yeah. And I hate him. 
because he doesn't actually make fun of the commercial format. He makes fun of the other participants in it. He's like, yeah, you're a dumb millennial. I'm from Boston, so I'm better than you. And I'm like, this isn't, you're not making fun of the conceit. You're making fun of one guy's beard. Uh, Work harder, dickhead. Uh, this is such an easy thing to make fun of. Uh, anyway, um, after that, they cut to the actual trailers, and there is a regular trailer for Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. The one guy who has his feet down turns to the guy who has his feet up over the chair and goes, don't even fucking think about it. I don't want to see some fucking bullshit cartoon for kids. Wow. As if his friend was like quietly thinking about suggesting they go see it or something. I don't even know what was happening up there. Those two had a weird dynamic. Yeah. That's a... That's a real fucked up weird thing to happen. I was like, I didn't want to turn around again, but I was like, man, what a sad life this is where you're like, I'm seeing Venom because at least it's live action, but Lord knows that other movie is going to be shitty. And I'm like, dude, Enter the Spider-Verse is made by Lord Miller. It's going to be 20 times better than this boring thing. Yeah, but that actual movie is going to be great. This movie is just sort of mediocre at best. And in fact, yeah, why don't we move on? Oh, sure. (laughs) Sure. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Why don't we move on to the grading scale? Well, first, let's do our best and worst. Oh, sure. That's another thing that we could potentially do. Jeff? Hmm? Jeff, I want to ask you a question real quick. Okay, sure. If I may. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, the answer is Botticelli, the yellow headband Ninja Turtle. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Now, I would like to ask, hmm? Dame Judy Dench describes you as being absolutely <laughs> delightful and smelling of sandalwood. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I was on the set of uh, the the Chronicles of Riddick, I uh, had to fall into a headspace that uh, is a little like surfing under a hip un, under a sort of hypnosis. I uh, I'm afraid that I don't actually remember meeting Judy Dench, but uh, Riddick does. So if you would like to address your question directly to Riddick, then of course that that's impossible. So ah, oh, fascinating, mm. absolutely fascinating. Yes. thank you, mm. lovely. <laughs> so, Jeff, <laughs> yes. What's your favorite part about Venom? Uh, it's going to be the the. The in-character dialogue between Venom and Eddie Brock, the unspoken stuff where the two of them are just running around and Venom saying things to Eddie. Uh-huh. I, I, I actually really like their dynamic in this movie where they kind of establish a friendship while they're running around. Okay. Uh, I know that's a little broad, but uh, there were a lot of fun lines between the two of them that were that were amusing. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, most of this movie's just sort of going through the motions. Yeah. I, I also really like the number of random people I recognize that showed up in the margins. You know, Bobby Fish. I'm, I'm a big fan of Abby Jacobson. Nick Thune is in this movie for all of two lines. He's a comedian I particularly enjoy. Yeah. You wouldn't even remember who he is in the movie. No, I wouldn't. No, I he's would never. He is dude with beard in bar. When uh, <laughs> when when Eddie Brock's watching uh, Carlton uh, Drake, Carlton Cuse on the uh, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse on the on the TV in the bar, and he's like, "Hey, can we change the channel or turn this down? I don't want to see this guy because he just got me fired." The random hipster behind him was like no leave it on i love this guy that's nick thune okay great yeah so there you go i, I love the random little people but for the most part the little people john the little people i, I like, love the little people. i like the little people <laughs> i now, like on darby set, o'gill on and the little people on the set of chronicles of riddick <laughs> uh, uh no but I, the the interplay between venom and eddie was good and also as much as i thought that that uh, tom hardy's eddie voice was some bobcat goldthwaite nonsense bullshit uh I actually particularly did like his Venom voice. I thought that was really good. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So what about you, John? What would you say is your favorite thing in this film? Uh, fuck. Was it all the fucking? It was all the fucking. The I mean, hard there... R <laughs> dick out fucking. It was kind of a big love scene at the beginning that I was like, I don't care about this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, mushy stuff, I said. And then I the guy behind myself, me kicked. I says. <laughs> and then the guy behind me kicked my seat. 
And he's like, I agree. Also, mushy stuff. Ugh, mushy stuff. Ugh. Yeah, that's right. Don't even fucking think about mushy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you thinking about mushy stuff? Well, quit it. If you're thinking about fucking mushy stuff or cartoons. Then we- stop doing that, bro. God. God, I don't even know why I date you. It was like sitting in front of two Dermots from Venture two Brothers. Dermots. <laughs> two Dermots. Two big old Dermots. One Dermot and one McDermott. <laughs> one Dylan McDermott. And one Dermot Mulrooney. <laughs> and together and they, they fight, fight crime. crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I think the my favorite thing in this is honestly just the, after he loses his job or whatnot, the little scene where he's... Uh, talking to the, uh, like his friend who's homeless and the, uh, convenience store owner and all that, like giving you the sense that at least Eddie Brock is a fairly decent human being that cares about people. Yeah. Like establishing that Eddie Brock is a decent person is useful mm-hmm. instead of just being like, what's Eddie Brock? A huge asshole. Well, the, yeah, the, the, his job does not go work in his favor the way that I think that the filmmakers thought it would. Yes. Because he's like, I won't even do that story. That story's bullshit. And I'm like, man, fuck you. You have a journalism degree and you're getting to use it. <laughs> you know how many people with journalism degrees work in a fucking Starbucks? You pompous shit. Uh, do the work. <laughs> and I mean, fucking this boss tells me, he's like, dude, you have to put in the work. Like everyone has to do that shit here. Yeah. And he's like, not me. Fuck that. I'm going to interview the guy all hard. And I'm like, dude, this isn't making yeah, me while I'm hard. I'm going to interview him with my dick out. <laughs> I was like, this is that was my favorite scene in Venom. It was a very good. It was scene. the dick yeah. out interview. But ultimately, his job did not endear me to him. No, but you're right. The scene where he's nice to folks in his community does work a little stronger in, in his favor. Yes, that works a lot better for establishing his character than up until this point where all we've seen is he's a confrontational douchebag that would steal information from his girlfriend's laptop. Yeah. After she spent the morning trying to get ready for work, but also like bringing him coffee in bed and stuff. Yeah. Presumably because he's so good at fucking. (laughs) So good at fucking. That's basically the only thing we can get from this scene. That's all we know is that Eddie Brock is good at fucking. (laughs) He's the best at fucking. He's the best there is. And what he does is rad. And what he does is fucking. Yeah. (laughs) Jeff? Yeah. Worst thing in Venom. Oh, um, I mean, give me a scene. Give me an instance. Give me one no, thing a lot, that you hate. I mean, there's a lot of easy things to pick in this oh, movie. Oh, I know, but that's why I'm saying give me one thing. <laughs> I mean, I might say that it's it's just that they, uh, maybe that they kill, that Riz Ahmed's villainous plan feels poorly thought out for, for what it is. Like, oh, yeah. Carlton, ba- Carlton Banks' plan is like, it's like I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna do a dance. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna try and get a girl away from Will. Yeah, and... I'm gonna complain about Will's slovenly appearance. Yeah, <laughs> and then oh no, I'm a Venom symbiote. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about how much I love Tom Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did all of the homework. Huh? Uh, no, he, his plan is so villainous for no good reason. Like he's already got all the cards. He's like, okay, I already have all these Venom symbiotes. And here's what his actual plan is. We never discussed it in the movie because we don't need to his plan is that he thinks the venom symbiotes because they can survive in space but not in atmosphere when symbioted to a human the human will be able to survive in space which is good because as we use up the planet earth we'll probably need to go live in space yeah that's his only plan he's basically like all right my plan is to get to the point where we can symbiote people up and then live in space that's his that's the plan of the bad guy in this movie it comes up like once yeah. And it's just so dumb. And his method of being like, go to human trials. We don't need to. That would be pointless. Do it because I'm a bad guy. I'm going to murder you with human trials. 
Okay. What is going? Uh, he, he doesn't need to be this irrational. Yeah. Like it, it, presumably he's had a career already where he's managed to do some stuff without eviling his way through it. You'd think. Yeah. And yet. So, like you know, this is the sort of thing where like this is the reason I like the kingpin as a villain because a lot of the, the time the kingpin is just doing regular business. Yeah. He's a business guy. Yeah. He just he just does business and not all of it is evil murder business. Yeah. But this guy, all evil murder business all the time. Good. Yeah. So there you go. You right. least favorite thing. Uh, least favorite thing I mean, in the, this. Cletus Cassidy is probably hanging there. I mean, God, that was real bad. It yeah. was real fucking stupid and bad. But at yeah. least it was only a mid credits thing, and they can still do something else with it aside from Woody Harrelson. I mean, that's true. Also, they could do the entire next movie without Carnage and just be like, "Yeah, we were setting it up for three. Yeah, why yeah. not? Uh, Although oops, I have we no didn't idea. get a three. Who the hell would he fight other than symbiotes? Like, what's who's the Venom villain that everyone knows about? I mean, it's the, just Spider-Man villains, right? I mean, he's fought against stuff and it's his standalone things. But even then, most of the time, it's just also evil businessmen. Yeah. Or uh, like random other things from the Marvel Universe. Like, well, who are you fighting? Oddly, I'm fighting Ghost Rider right now. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> which they they can't do that. Yeah. They can use some Spider-Man villains, but not all of them. And they can use stuff from the Venom universe. Yeah. There's just not a lot to pick from. Yeah. So, uh, my least favorite thing really in the movie is going to be the fact that he actually does eat people. Because, again, it's one of those things that either you go hard R and you actually do it, or you don't, and you just have him use it as an intimidation tactic. Don't be like, oh, he ate someone. It was off screen. Don't worry about it. That's true. It, it is. It does feel kind of like a compromise. What I would have liked if this movie had been hard R would have been he bites the head off, turns back into Eddie Brock. The head is still there because he hasn't had time to digest it, and it just rolls away. He's like, ah, where'd that head come from? Yeah, because that was the other thing. Is every time he was like, I bet a dude's head off, and then I immediately, the symbiote like goes back into Eddie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, you didn't have enough time to eat that. Yeah, that means that right now Eddie Brock has a full human head in his stomach. Oh, yeah, you with, pan you know, down and he looks like he's pregnant. He's <laughs> got like a jack-o'-lantern on his gut. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> you digested the bad guy. <laughs> Remember that movie, Inner Space? Eddie, you remember? Huh? You I know remember? you remember it because I'm Venom and I remember what you remember. That's why I know what Inner Space is. That's the only reason I know what Inner Space is is because you know what Inner Space is. <laughs> Weird, right? This, this is the life we live. <laughs> yeah. So let's get on to our rating. We're going to give it a zero to five each. That's going to give a rating out of ten for the movie. Jeff, Venom, one, two and a half. One, two and a half. You give it a 12.5. 12.5 out of a possible five. Now I'm giving it a two and a half because this is exactly the definition of a C horror movie. Yeah. It's it's right down the middle of the road. There were, or not horror movie, uh, superhero movie. There were no surprises. There was nothing that really interested me, but it was perfectly serviceable. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. True. If I was giving it the full 10 scale, I'd be giving it a five. Like, don't waste your time, but also you wouldn't necessarily be wasting your time. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it a two and a half as well. It mm-hmm. really is so middle of the road mm-hmm. it is the unenthusiastic shrug of a movie mm-hmm. and i thought you were gonna say the unenthusiastic <laughs> shrek of a movie <laughs> it's the unenthusiastic hand job of a movie <laughs> it just goes through the motions and wants to get you done <laughs> all like trying to read a book at the same time like yeah uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. did you ch- did you check the dish- dishwasher earlier yeah <laughs> Just sitting there watching the late show, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, yeah, that feels good. And you're like, hey, I'm trying to listen to the monologue. <laughs> They're doing jokes Seth can't tell right now. 
Uh, so yeah, there you go. No, Five just, out of ten. <laughs> yeah, so there it is. That's a uh, real average. Yeah, pretty much. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we, of course, will be back in another couple of weeks with some more movie mastery. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to suggest a movie that we will watch, you can go to uh, either uh, the subreddit. You can go to r slash system mastery. We've got a big list down there. You can suggest to there, and it'll go on that. Or you can send it to one of our many social media platforms, although, honestly, we'll probably lose it. If you send it to our Twitter or Facebook or Gmail, which is all just System Mastery, then it is entirely likely that we, being a couple of dumb idiots that shouldn't be put in charge of anything, will lose it. Well, I mean, I can tell you how I would check it at this point. I have a sleeping baby on me, so I'm pinned to the ta- to, to uh, where I'm sitting, and I'll idly check Twitter, and I'll be like, oh, look at that, a movie recommendation. Maybe in an hour and a half when this baby wakes up, I'll remember to go put that into a thing. You won't. I won't. <laughs> you will not. In an hour and a half when that baby wakes up, you'll be like, oh, hey, baby, what do you need? And the baby will be like, I need to eat or something, and I'll be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not, definitely not going to good to my computer yeah yeah uh, what i'm saying here is we need people what i'm saying here is we need people yeah. people for spider-man <laughs> people for the ethical treatment of spider-man yeah pets <laughs> we need pets uh, right. so five out of ten recommend movies to us join our patreon and support us so we jesus can do christ this. why are you why are you so lazy right now john just uh Here's the thing about me. I haven't had any sleep. Okay. Let me tell you a thing about me. Let me tell you a quick thing about me. I love Patreon and supporting us at Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery. If you like what you hear, you want to support us, go there, give us some money. You unlock bonus content. If you get up to the $5 level, you even unlock a bonus monthly show of Afterthought. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So much stuff. So little time. Mm Mm-hmm to make podcasts with that's true and we jam pack every minute of every day with it yep except for those minutes that we're looking at babies or taking naps mostly trapped mostly for, for the two of us it's you looking after a baby and me taking a nap i'm really good at playing video games with that baby on me too by the way what the first thing i learned is i had to turn off the vibration feature on the ps4 controller yeah because it'll vibrate her right awake oh yeah it'll vibrate her right open every single possible upgrade to controllers in the past five years is terrible for dads because I'll be loving the sleeping baby and the controller will be like, what if I was also a fucking flashlight in a speaker system? And I'm like, no, just be a controller. Oh, but what if I have a sensitivity that you have to move the controller to do no, things? Don't do that. Oh, my God. I'm trying to play Persona 5 on Sage and my controller is ringing at me because I got a phone call. Stop <laughs> it. Just, just stop it. Thank you so much for listening to us. Mm-hmm. We will be back in two weeks. Check out all of our stuff, systemmasterypodcast.com. But until we see you again, you have a good one.